During the course of this year of preaching from this pulpit, we are looking at each one of the Ten Commandments. Today we continue that journey. Pray with me, please. Lord, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Amen. Today, quite obviously, we are celebrating Mother's Day. And in a few weeks, we shall celebrate Father's Day. We have those two very special days here in America because of two women, Anna Jarvis and Sonora Dodd, both of whom were determined to honor their parents. Anna Jarvis was concerned that in her church there was never any acknowledgement of the important role that mothers play in the human experience. Those thoughts were triggered for her as she sat at her dying mother's bedside, caring for her mother day after day, ultimately witnessing her mother's home going to heaven in 1905. It was after that that she approached her church about the possibility of having a service to celebrate and honor mothers in that area. It took two years for the church to decide that that was a good idea. But finally, in 1907, in her church, the Methodist Church in Grafton, West Virginia, for the very first time they had a service celebrating mothers in that community. It started out as a church event. But the idea caught on. It soon became a community-wide event, and then a statewide event, and finally a national event. In fact, the very first national observance of Mother's Day occurred on May the 10th, 1913. A couple of years after that, Sonora Smart Dodd, was sitting in her church in Spokane, Washington, on Mother's Day, listening to the Mother's Day sermon. As the sermon unfolded, suddenly Sonora Dodd, in her mind, went racing back through the years all the way to 1890, to the day when her father, Billy Smart, entered the home having returned from his wife's funeral. He proceeded to embrace the six children in their household, tried as best he could to explain to them that their mother would no longer be coming home to them, tried to reassure them as best he could that somehow now he would not only be a father to them, but he would try as well to be a mother to them. And as Sonora Dodd was sitting in the pew on that Mother's Day, 
she began to reflect on how magnificently her father had actually fulfilled both of those roles in her life. And it occurred to her that it might be a good idea to have a day honoring fathers as well. And so she approached the city council in Spokane, Washington. They agreed that it was a good idea. And so they established such a day for Spokane. Well, the idea soon caught on, and it spread. And in 1924, President Calvin Coolidge signed a bill authorizing a national day of observance henceforth to be known as Father's Day. Now, it's worth remembering, I suppose, uh, that this business of honoring mothers and fathers did not really originate with Anna Jarvis and Sonora Don. It didn't even begin in the United States. It arose, quite frankly, out of the fifth commandment. You remember how the commandment reads, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long upon the land which the Lord your God gives you. Today, I wish to focus our attention upon the incredible power contained in the fifth commandment. Focus first on the position of the commandment. It presents the right order. The position of each of the Ten Commandments is no accident. In fact, the Ten Commandments can actually be divided into two subgroups. The first four commandments have to do with our relationship to God. The first four commandments declare that we are to have one God and only one God. We are never to worship idols, images, or false gods. We are never to take the Lord's name in vain. We are never to treat the Lord with disrespect. And we are always to set aside at least one day every week in order to specially honor our God. So the first four commandments have to do with our relationship to God. The last five commandments have to do with our relationship to other people in the world about us. The first four teach us to honor God. The last five teach us to honor the people around us in this world. And right at the hinge, right at the turning point, right at the position where we move from honoring God to honoring other people in the world, right at that point comes the fifth commandment. Honor your father and your mother. Again, the position of that commandment is no accident. And there is a powerful message in the position. Namely, if we can learn to honor God 
And if we can learn to honor other people, the place where we learn to honor both is right under our very own roof. Honor your father and your mother. Has it ever occurred to you that Christianity is the only religion in all the world which dares to call God Father? Why is that true? It is because at the very center of the Christian faith is family. That's the way Christianity began. If you go to the other religions of the world, inevitably you will find that the purported founders or leaders of those religions came onto the human scene as fully grown adults. Christianity is different. Christianity began with a family, with a mother, with a father, with a tiny baby. Christianity began in the manger in Bethlehem. And therefore, Christianity has both at its beginning and at its center the family. The family is central to our faith. Just as commandment five is central to the ten as a whole. The family is at the center. And the Bible makes it quite plain that the purpose of the family is very clear and very simple. The Bible teaches us that life, our life, life is a gift of God. And God gives us that gift through our family. The family exists to give life, to promote life, to protect life, to preserve life, to encourage life, to inspire life, to shape life, to develop life, to direct life, to educate life, to celebrate life, to consecrate life. The family is central to the Christian faith. And therefore, the position of the fifth commandment is significant indeed. For it declares that after our relationship to God, before all of our other relationships in life, there must come the relationship to our family. The family must be the number one priority. Family first. And in this land and in this time, my dear friends, oh, we need to be remembering that. Family first. Honor your father and your mother. Ah, but focus now on the principle of the commandment. It prescribes the right honor. If you look in the dictionary, the word honor is defined as follows. To place in a position of esteem and authority. And therefore, I would be willing to suggest 
that the fifth commandment calls us to esteem our parents by yielding to their authority. Now, understand, please, that we are to do that only insofar as they do not ask us to do something contrary to the will of God. Oh, yes, that has to be said. But otherwise, we are to yield to the authority of our parents. That's not a very easy thing to do sometimes. Ha! I have always loved Frank Harrington's story about the father who one night at the dinner table said to his young son, Son, when we get finished with dinner, we're going into the den and we're going to discuss the facts of life. When dinner was finished, into the den they went. They sat down. Immediately the little boy said, All right, Dad, what is it that you want to know? Well, the fact of the matter is, that's often the way it is today. Children, whether they are grown or not, tend to think that they know more than their parents. And so it's sometimes very hard for children to yield to their parents' authority, even though the Bible says that is the honorable thing to do. Now, I am painfully aware of the fact that there will be some of you here who would say to me at this point, but my parents are not honorable. My mother has made my life a nightmare. My father has treated me harshly, maybe even abused me. How can I honor my parents when they are not honorable? Tough question. Good question. Fair question. Let me answer it straight out. You are to honor them still. Please hear me correctly. You are to honor them still. Let me put it to you this way. If you are going to honor your parents only when they are honorable, are you willing then for other people to honor and love you only when you are honorable, only when you are lovable? Or take it a step farther. God chooses to honor and love us with the blessing of the gift of His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, even though we are not always honorable and lovable. Would you then want God to withhold that gift until such time as you prove honorable enough and loving enough to warrant receiving the gift? Heavens, no. So... We are called by this commandment to honor our parents even when their conduct is not honorable. Why? Because, remember, the purpose of the family is to give life. Your parents have given you the gift of life. And even if you cannot honor them for any other reason than that, at least honor them for bringing you into this world. 
So we are called by this commandment to honor our parents regardless of whether or not they are honorable themselves. In other words, we are called to honor the office of parenthood even if those who occupy that office do not always behave in an honorable manner. Let me turn it around and say it like this. If you owe money to a man, you are not relieved of that debt just because that man happens to be a drunkard. By the same token, your parents have given you life. Their conduct does not relieve you from that debt. So, the great loving heart of God speaks to my heart today and calls my heart to speak to your heart and say to you today, honor those who have given you life. If you cannot honor them for any other reason than that, then honor them for that reason alone. Honor your father and your mother. And of course, today especially, honor your mother. Ah, but focus now on the promise of the commandment. It produces the right reward. Paul, writing in Ephesians, says that this is the only commandment with a promise. He's right. You remember how the commandment goes. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long upon the land which the Lord your God shall give you. That's the promise. What does it mean? Does it mean that if we honor our parents, we're going to live to a ripe old age? No. Doesn't mean that at all. There is no guarantee of that. Instead, what the promise means is this. A nation where children honor their parents and where family life is built strong is a nation which shall be strong and permanent and enduring. You see, children honoring their parents produces stronger families. Stronger families produce stronger people. Stronger people produce stronger societies. Stronger societies produce stronger nations. If children honor their parents, if families are built strong, then the nation will endure. Marian Anderson was one of the greatest women America has ever produced. This wonderfully warm, wise, extraordinarily gifted woman became the first African-American to sing regularly from the stage of the Metropolitan Opera in New York. On one occasion, a reporter asked Marian Anderson, what was the greatest moment of your life? Oh, Marian Anderson could have pointed to so many such moments. 
She could have referred to the time when the best-known conductor of the day, Arturo Toscanini, declared for all the world to hear that Marian Anderson possessed the most magnificent voice of the 20th century. She could have pointed to the time when she sang for an audience of four at the White House, President and Mrs. Roosevelt, the King and Queen of England. She could have referred to the experience of receiving the Medal of Freedom from the Congress of the United States of America. Or she could have spoken about the day when she sang at the Easter sunrise service on the Washington Mall before several hundred thousand people crowded in front of the Lincoln Memorial. And there are people to this very day who say that her singing was the most magnificent Easter experience of their lives. Oh, she could have pointed to any number of great moments in her life. The reporter said, what was the greatest moment in your life? You know what Marian Anderson said? She said, it was the day when I went home to my mother and I said to her, Mom, you don't have to take in washing anymore. You hear what she was saying? This family of hers, who had loved her, supported her, sacrificed for her, this family who had done everything that they could do so that she might become everything God wanted her to be, this family was first in her mind and first in her heart. And so she was saying, the greatest moment of my life, it was the day when I went home and said, Mom, I'm now going to wrap my arms around you. And from this point on, I'm going to carry you just as for so long you have carried me. That, Marian Anderson said, was the greatest moment of her life. Dear friends, let me tell you something. A nation where children honor their parents like that is a nation which shall be blessed by God. A nation which shall endure. <laughs> Just had a thought. Do you know that the fifth commandment is the only one of the Ten Commandments you will not always be able to obey? That's right. All of the other nine, you are called to obey for as long as you live. You are to try to live up to every one of those other nine commandments until the day you die. But the fifth commandment, you will not always be able to obey because in the normal course of events, your parents will precede you in death, and you will no longer have the option of honoring them in this life. So take these words written on stone and write them on your heart. Honor your father and your mother. And having written them on your heart, live them. Yes for as long as you can. Live them. Pray with me, please. God on high, hear my prayer. 
I thank you today that for so many years I had my mom and my dad here and I was able to honor them. And I thank you that now you honor them. They are with you in the kingdom of heaven.